Lincoln racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 404. Mr. Samich. Huzzah! I know you're not feeling yeah, well, so I'm not going to be too loud here. That's fine. I listen. I apologize in advance. This is the best, uh, the best my energy level is right now. But I do want a quick thanks to you and Aaron Halterman. You guys did an amazing job on Monday, uh, recapping an incredible weekend from from Traverse Weekend at Saratoga. Uh, lots of Breeders' Cup implications. Uh, we're not going to be previewing any races with real Breeders' Cup implications today, but this weekend is looking really loaded, Mike. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We just went over the assignments for these stakes previews that we do for, for the YouTube page. And I, I got five of them on Sunday and Monday to do. Five on Sunday and Monday races is absolutely wild. It's uh, closing weekend at Saratoga, second to last week at Del Mar. I got, I got my wrist slapped for saying it was closing week at Del Mar earlier today on Twitter. My bad. <laughs> they changed um, it yeah. this year. It's not your fault. I know. How could I? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm not following the horse racing at all. I'm just over here doing nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. So you got a lot of stakes this weekend from both of those racetracks. Should be an absolute blast. And we got Kentucky Downs going. We're going to talk about Kentucky Downs today. Um, but before we do it, I want to give you the opportunity since you didn't get it. Would you like to gush about Epicenter for about a minute here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was incredible. Um, the uh, uh, in terms of gushy, I don't know. I feel like I did most of it on Saturday, actually, when he won. But it was just, uh, I've still thought about it. Just such an incredible performance for him. Uh, at a mile and a quarter, uh, there's some controversy with the uh, new Breeders' Cup top five for top ten for the Classic that Aaron has, uh, where some people were upset with who he had or, or Epicenter being all the way up to third despite losing three times this year, uh, twice in a grade one. But the point you got to remember with these videos that we're doing when we do a top ten for the Classic, I mean, right now, if the Classic was run right now, here's who we like. Do we like Olympiad or Epicenter right now, Mike? Uh, that's a pretty easy question to answer. Um, at a mile and a quarter, do we like Jack Christopher? Or do we like Epicenter better? We like Epicenter. Epicenter. Yeah. So it's not too. Uh, it's not. It's not. You know. It's not that we don't dislike those other horses, but uh, just something to keep in mind. But yeah, the Epicenter just so good at that mile and a quarter distance. Uh, it sets him up so he has zero question marks. I think heading into the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, and Asmussen did a great job saying. Other horses have bigger question marks. Flightline has never gone two turns, never gone past eight furlongs. Uh, Country Grammar, he can do him on a quarter, but is he fast enough to keep up with Epicenter because he's a little bit more of a grinder type? Um, Olympia, we've already seen him struggle a bit. We've got him on a quarter, Jockey Club, Gold Cup, as well as the Pacific Classic this weekend. So lots more questions to be answered pretty soon, Mike. Yeah, I mean, flight line running on Saturday, obviously going to answer a big question there, whether or not he can get that mile and a quarter distance. I think it's important for Epicenter that flight line does it, which is ironic to say, because you want him and life is good both in that race if you are Epicenter, because you want your yep. two main rivals to bang heads early. So I think it's it's a big race for Epicenter, ironically, on Saturday to see whether or not flight line's able to go. I also like selfishly want flight line to go because I would like. I would love to see Flightline as a super horse headed into the Breeders' Cup to face another super horse in life is good. And then you have Epicenter, you've got Country Graham. Like it could be a really fun Breeders' Cup if Flightline's able to get the job done here on Saturday. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the way the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, ramped up last year, where you had uh, a bunch of stars from three-year-olds. You had uh, Medina Spirit, Essential Quality, Hot Rod Charlie, all looking great. And then they all ran into Nick's Co., the older horse, 
Uh, but it was a great race and we had a lot of fun breaking that down. We're going to be breaking down Kentucky Downs. That's right. We have a Kentucky Downs preview show. This was Mike Sandwich's idea. So, Kevin, all of your thanks goes to the guy here to my left. Uh, we're doing Kentucky Downs, as Brian says, where you think the race is over. Then we cut to another camera and you still have, uh, what, four furlongs left, three furlongs to go. Uh, before we get into that, Mike, I, we do have a video here we're going to pull up. If you're a podcast listener, I apologize. Uh, but the video watchers, we got to uh, show you what Kentucky Downs looks like from an aerial. So if you're not used to it, this is drone footage. Mike, kind of explain to people what the uh, what Kentucky Downs turf course is like here. It's odd because it's it's kind of pear shaped. I guess is the best way to put it. We're in the backstretch <laughs> here, and you can see that that like the 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 Santa Anita Park outside turn, and then the big sweeping <laughs> wide turn that you have. Like you're going down that Santa Anita turf course. This is the turn for home. You head into the home stretch. You can see this is this is a really big wide turn. So saving ground here is pretty important. And then you get into this home stretch. And if you look at the home stretch, it actually goes up and down. And so there's like a little uphill portion that you go. You run downhill into this back stretch. Then you go uphill around the final turn, uphill into the final stretch. What happens is that if you're going six and a half furlongs, it's more like seven. If you're going a mile and 70 yards, it's more like a mile and a 16th. So each of these each of these distances that you see, you want to have horses that can get a little bit more ground. And, you know, we talk a lot about horse for course, specifically at Saratoga. Uh, there's a very much a horse for course here at Kentucky <laughs> Downs. You see horses that consistently win it time after time. It's going to be interesting here this year. You've got monster purses. That's the other real gimmick from, from a Kentucky Downs perspective. You're looking at $150,000 maiden purses. I'm interested to see if anyone tries to debut big-time horses here because it's the largest maiden special weight purses in America. You have three hundred dollars mm -hmm. and $400,000 non-graded stakes here because some of them are restricted, like the Tappet, which is one of the horse races that we'll look at. $400,000 restricted for horses that have not won a sweepstakes in 2022. So you have these monster purses. And that means you get monster fields and you get some really wild horses sometimes. So we were talking before the show. Don't break your bank at Kentucky Downs. <laughs> Take a swing at Kentucky Downs because you do have these big time fields. And if you can string together a couple non-favorites, it's that generally happens at Kentucky Downs. You can get oh, some yeah. big time payouts from pick four and pick five sequences. Well, every single race also has at least 12 horses entered. You got 14, 15, 16 in some of them. 12 is the most that they'll run. But uh, I love watching this. This is sped up very greatly, but uh, I love watching this footage too. By the way, this is from February 2019. If it looks dead, the grass there, that's why. It's not. Kentucky Downs actually looks really beautiful right now. So uh, with that said, Mike, let's get into it. We got Kentucky Downs Thursday, late pick four. Riders up. Uh, Brian in the chat asked, how long is the track? I looked it up. It is uh, 10 and a half furlongs. It is a mile and 550 yards from start to finish. It is a very long uh, track, but it's great. Also, you can drive right up uh, and just you know park right on, the, on the, the far turn there and watch and tailgate. It's a lot of fun. Nick says he's planning on attacking the trifecta. Super fields at Kentucky Downs. Mike, let's attack this late pick four, starting with race seven on Thursday, September 1st. It's a mile-long allowance for 12 runners, non-winners of one other than since last September. So a slight condition there. Where'd you go on top? I went with the eight Cupid's Claws on top here. Uh, eight to one out of the Mark Cassie barn. This is a horse that... Look, I, I think really will like this track and this distance quite a bit. You saw him going much longer mid last year. So we got a mile race here, but has run mile and an eighth, mile and a half, uh, mile and a quarter races and done well in those. You saw last time out the horse 
didn't get a very good trip in in an overnight stakes race, $99,000 purse. It was first time out of the Mark Cassie barn here. Now we're going to be second out of the barn, second out in the seven-year-old season, second off the layoff. So you kind of feel like that horse needed that race. And now we're getting into a distance that I think this horse is really going to like. I love the eight-to-one price. And I think the setup is right, too. There is quite a bit of speed in here. Uh, So I think it's going to be tough for anyone to try and take this field gate to wire. And that's going to set it up for a horse like Cupid's Claws, who I think is going to be coming from off the pace. My second choice in here uh, was second to Tiz the Magician in the uh, Cougar 2 last year at uh, Del Mar. Uh, Tiz the Magician, by the way, in the grade 2 Del Mar handicap uh, on turf this weekend with Mike Smith aboard. So, yay. Uh, my top pick here, I'm going to go to the rail. Therapist, 7-2, to two, classiest horse in the field. Uh, arguably the best trainer-jockey combo for this race and setup at Kentucky Downs. Remember, Tyler Gaffleon last year having a great time at Kentucky Downs. So Joel Rosario showed up and was winning for a day. But Tyler Gaffleon was second in wins and purse money at last year's meet. This horse is a strong late kick, loves the mile distance. I know this is going to be longer than a mile because of Kentucky Downs, but four for nine at the distance. I think he's there. Did you use therapist or was the seven to two price too short? Well, I think seven to two is a pipe dream, to be honest. I think you're going to end up <laughs> somewhere around two to yeah. one, but I did use therapist. I think this is this is probably your best horse in the field. Um, but I, I mean, this horse hasn't won since 2020. That's a problem. <laughs> like that's, that's my biggest issue with therapist here, but you can't really, in my mind, when I'm going four deep here, I'm going to go too deep in a couple of legs. I'm not going to leave therapist off in this spot because I do think he deserves to be on the ticket and is a deserving favorite. He just hasn't won very much. Now, this is also a big time drop in class, as you said. I mean, this is he has not run anything but a stakes race since uh, June 6, 2021. And that was an open $100,000 optional allowance at Belmont where value proposition and analyze it beat him. So good horses in there. Everything else has been staked since. The one makes a ton of sense. Um, the setup should be pretty good for therapists as well. Should be able to sit mid-pack and make a run into some speed that I think is going to sit there for him. Uh, I, I used Max KO, the six horse here as well. Um, this is one where, again... He hasn't won that much in 2022, but everything that he has faced in 2022, I believe, has been pretty solid. The one race that you could kind of say, hey, why didn't he win it would be the $25,000 starter allowance race. Everything else has been stakes. Um, I like the setup for Max KO, and that's the main reason why I'm going to be using him here. He is going to sit the perfect trip sitting right behind the speed and has shown the ability to win from there. He was three for eight in 2021, so I don't mind the 0 for six in 2022 as much because the horse does like to win. Um, and I want the first horse who I think is going to get first run. I think that's Max KO. I'm not sure if he holds on, but I think he gets first run and gets the lead mid-stretch by like Man. the second stretch camp. I, I, yeah, there you go. Uh, I went back and forth to this horse. I ended up leaving him off, but it, I mean, it, you could definitely use him. Safi Joseph uh, has won one race at the, this meet the last two years. Remember, they only, I think, seven days total they meet. So, uh, you know, for him to get two win, or a win each of the last two years, it's impressive. Um, there was an article about how he's bringing a ton of horses in for the Ramses because if you don't know the Ramses, uh, well, they're good in Kentucky, but the Ramses also owe everybody a ton of money. Kentucky Downs, go where all the purses are big. You can win some races. You can pay off some of those bills. Um, not a Ramsey horse here. I didn't use because I, I didn't know what the right, like what was the winning trip going to be for this horse. I was trying to figure it out in this field. I couldn't get there like you did, but um, was on the fringe for me. I just went three deep. The last one I'm going to use, and it's a total like shot in the dark. You can laugh at me. That's perfectly fine. I'm using the 10 long range toddy here for Dallas Stewart, Julian Le Peru. This horse, we know because size has been riding him. This horse on dirt loves to go early. It doesn't usually hold on. But on turf, when we see these horses make this change, they can actually handle it a little bit. Um, you have a, a jockey in Julian Le Peru who is very good always at Kentucky Downs, third in wins and purse money won last year at this meet. But you also have breeding here with, uh, uh, you know, being by Take Charge Indy that says 
13% you know, going a mile on the turf should be fine for this horse. Um, again, taking a big flyer because it's Julian Le Peru and he likes to take horses on the lead and kind of walk the dog. If a horse goes gate to wire, I think this is the one that does it because he's coming out of all the sprint races. But it also is going to be extremely hard for anybody to wire this field. Yeah, I mean, this is one where like the 9, the 10, the 11, and the 12, I thought, thought all made a little bit of sense. The ten, the 9 and the 10 should both go with each other. Um, and I'm afraid that next, the 4 and the 5, Lamplighter Jack also go. And all of a sudden, you got four horses <laughs> setting the pace. And that, that made me throw all four of them out. If you said you were going crazy and playing the 10, 11, or 12, I wouldn't have mocked you. Because I think all three okay. of those have an outside chance at winning if you really want to play a big price. Uh, Long Range Toddy, Endorsed, and Spa City. All of them have not, don't really have any proven turf record, but all of them have numbers that fit on the dirt and their breeding is good enough for turf. So if you really wanted to make a case for it, you could. Um, I ended up playing a bomb here that you could really say is very similar. I went with a three sprawl instead of those mm -hmm. simply because I think this horse possesses a little bit more of late kick than any of those. And so I want the horse that I think is going to be coming from off the pace with the pace set up here. Sprawl sitting on the board at 15 to one for Tom Drury. Uh, solid trainer. He's 19% overall. He's 29% going dirt to turf. And notice that he tried to get this horse on turf. That to me is a key there. Ended up only in a four horse field, ran third, but that was on the dirt. Faced Folsom and Twilight Blue, came back, faced Necker Island. He was in a bunch of graded stakes last year. Look, they're trying to find how this horse fits. And he's kind of bred pretty well for the turf too, with a, a city zip on the top out of an awesome again mare. So mm -hmm. the turf breeding is there. The, the the it's a drop in class in a lot of ways from, from what he was racing against on the dirt the mass majority of his career it's a little bit of a swing but i think it's the horse that has the most class that's, that's going to close versus the horses that i think are going to be a little more forwardly placed here a very smart uh, trainer in tommy jury jr too very good at, at spotting his horses he's 19 percent on the year he's 29 percent dirt to turf uh you can see the lines at the bottom all very solid with his spots i looked at sprawl i couldn't get there because i think that this horse uh, you know, maybe a year ago, this would have been a good time to try it this year. He just has looked pretty lackluster, but I get why we're taking a shot on dirt. We're not facing Olympiad or Folsom or even Nectar Island. So he's got that going for him. Just trying to do something new. I couldn't do it. Did you look at the, the seven to credit? Did you use him at all? No, I didn't use him. And it, like this one to me, I, I couldn't for a couple reasons. Like he, the layoff is one of the main ones. First off, we have not seen this horse since he won last time here at Kentucky Downs. But that was also mm -hmm. going a mile and five sixteenths, so significantly longer, and walked the dog up front and did it at thirty-seven to one. I mean, when you combine all of that, it's just really hard for me to use that horse. And then on top of it, you have a trainer that is one for twenty-eight in two thousand and twenty-two. Um, I would need more than ten to one, and I don't think I'm going to get more than 15 to one. I, I, if you, if you tell me he's 40 to one on race day, maybe I put him on a 50 cent ticket, but like I would need right. a monster number here because everything would have to go right. And the idea of him wiring this field is not going to happen. I guarantee you that. So he needs to win from off the pace, which he's not really ever shown the propensity to do. Um, so I'm not sure where the race comes from now. You know, I like four-year-olds later in the season. This is going to be the first start in the four-year-old season. I guess you could see a step forward here. It just, it feels like a really tall task. It does. Uh, you know, if he had one brace, even just to see him come back, just to knock the rust off. Cause it's not a trainer that, that you or I know well, really many people know well. So it's, it's kind of hard to use him. Uh, sprawl, by the way, if he wins, congratulations, Michael's going to buy you a bottle of Casamigos if he wins. So you've got, I love this. uh, Michael, not a fan of Joe Talamo, the jockey aboard, uh, the free <laughs> sprawl. I want to bring this up to Nick Feldman, the great stat in the chat last year at Kentucky downs, 22 races run at one mile. 
The horses with the E or EP brisnet type won at 14 and 23 percent. P and S type horses, so the pressing or the stocking horses, they won at 27 and 36 percent. So you don't want a horse necessarily on the lead, but a horse is going to be pretty close going to miles. What that sounds like. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm guessing a lot of the winners, I, I don't know this for sure, but if a lot of the winners were cutting back from mile and 16th, that makes a ton of sense, right? Where you're going to have a lot of those horses that were stocking at mile and 16th be able to take this one turn mile and be able to be really effective. I don't really want sprinters stretching out here because if you have sprinters stretching out and then they're going a little bit longer, it makes it awfully tough for them to be able to go gate to wire. Let's move on to the second leg of Thursday's late pick four at Kentucky down September 1st. Race eight is a six and a half furlong sprint for 12 fillies and mares three and up plus the also eligibles. Uh, N1X uh, allowance runners for this field. Where'd you go on top, buddy? Oh, this one was tough. Um, I'm only going to go two deep here. It's going to be one of my shorter Ooh. legs. I'm going to put the six horse hay kitten on top. We talked horse for course. This one was successful at Kentucky Downs last year at this distance. Uh, improved a little bit after that race, but that is really where the career best race, I would say, going before this this five-year-old season came from. Now we're third off a layoff in the five-year-old season. I think this is a little bit weaker of a spot than what we faced last time. Um, and I like the fact that we're getting a little bit more distance, which I think this horse should like. Rudolph Brissett, I love it when he places horses like this. So I'll take that 20% trainer at a big number here, or decent number, five to one in the morning line. Don't love Corey Landeros. Or, uh, uh, don't love Chris Landeros, but I will. I'll either deal one with of that. Them. Yeah, well, Corey Landry, not great either. But uh, I just combined them to make the. Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to go with Hey Kitten on top here, the six. I, I, I think Brissett's keying this horse specifically up for this spot, and he likes the track. Again, the pace should set up for him. I think the six and a half is what he wants. I uh, Listen, all good points. I didn't use, but uh, I, I thought this horse to me was. Um, not as good as the horses that I used, but making your ticket makes perfect sense. Five to one is a good price to take. I went with the eight Shannon on top at three to one. I went a little chalky in this leg. I uh, listen, this horse, it's a Brad Cox Philly. She's only a half length away from being undefeated in two turf sprints, uh, both times five and a half furlongs. And she was tactical in those, those sprints where she wasn't on the lead. She was a couple lengths off, was able to accelerate. Uh, the, the first time she did it at 24 to one at Keeneland, uh, the second time at Ellis Park, maybe it was the yielding turf that kind of did, uh, did her in a little bit. She wasn't able to gain the ground like she was able to show at Keeneland, but she's tactical. And, and Florent Drew is routinely a top five jockey here. Now, I will say, having seen Florent Drew ride at Del Mar, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is that's pretending to be Florent Drew. That is not Florent Drew. So hopefully he refines his form here back with Brad Cox because his, I know you've seen it too. His Del Mar rides have been bad this year. Um. His Kentucky rides weren't great before it. We'll just put it that way. I, 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 I was never a big like Kentucky circuit follower until all this last year when I really watched Keeneland closely, watched more Churchill races because I wanted to watch those more often. Uh, there's some rides. We'll just put it that way. There's some, there's some questionable. He's bell curve without the good side of the bell curve. We'll just so it's like it's either middle or just falls off the edge. Um, I'm going to use the eight as my other horse in here too. Even even with Fran up, uh, Shannon was looked great in that that uh, race that I think Nick and I were actually there for. Um, when we got to see Shannon go uh, just win. I think it's twenty six to one to close out a Keeneland tournament. Um, I think these are the best two horses in the field. They're coming out of the same race. Ellis Park last time was eerily dominant last year going into Kentucky down. So a lot of winners came from Ellis Park into Kentucky for some reason. Not sure who was the cut in the grass or what it was, but you saw a lot of Ellis to, to Kentucky Downs winners. Um, 
I just don't think this field is very good. I mean, that's the other thing. When I went through this, I'm like, I'm not all that impressed with any of them. You know, I, I thought about using the 10. I thought about using the 9. I didn't really like either of them that much. So I'm going to try and get here just going through here, just going too deep and go 6-8. Uh, the 9 was my second choice. Uh, 4 to one not loving the, the, the short prices here, but prior experience over the course, even though they didn't get the win. It tells me that Brian Lynch liked her chances to win here before, and he's a trainer who does well. Last year had seven starters, three wins, and two-thirds. So he knows what kind of horses run well at Kentucky Downs. I don't like that she's returning at one turn at a short price versus winners. You know, so, some angles I was trying to use your six horse to try and fit her in instead of the nine. But uh, ultimately, I went with the nine just because I think that Brian Lynch and with Adam Biskiza, I think two of them are going to be able to uh, be a good combination for this horse. Um, again, if you don't want to use it, the other one I used, I did go for a price for my third one. The number two, 261 at 15 to one. This horse actually won three straight sprints on the synthetic uh, two winners ago, always coming from off the pace. If she's going to win this race, I think that's what she needs to be able to do. This trying to go to the lead and holding on stuff. It wasn't working, but. I like that she was showing the speed while routing. So now we're cutting back. She won't be too far out of it when you have these sprinters in here that are you know, going to be stretching out, like, say, the eight. She will be able to keep up with them a little bit. Vincent Sheminaud, the jockey, I don't know if you know much about him, Mike. It's one of the top uh, – I looked him up because I didn't, really didn't know who he was. One of the top younger riders in France came to America this year, said he wanted to model himself after Flavien Pratt. Julian Le Peru. Then he said Florent Giroux, and I realized this was an interview from seven months ago, so it made a little bit more sense. But uh, sorry, Flo. There's a lot of flow hate. I don't <laughs> nothing personal. So rough, um, rough first ten minutes for Flo. <laughs> uh, Listen, Barry King brought this horse to Kentucky Downs at an N1X allowance level last year, and she set the pace. She got fourth. Amalfi Princess was a runaway winner, won by almost four lengths that day, so she was only a length and a half off of second after setting the pace. So again, if we can do that, come from behind style. Now that we're sprinting again. You got Sheminon, who is a, uh, by the way, 18% in his first year in America. That's pretty damn good. Considering he's not a bug jockey, that's really damn good. European jockeys do well on Kentucky Downs course. So I'm going to take a flyer 15 to 1. I'm going to get every bit of that price, I'm sure. But as far as a long shot, this is the one that stuck out to me, Mike. I don't hate it. I didn't. I didn't like it when I looked through this without you talking about it. Um, now that you've <laughs> talked about it, I don't. I don't hate the idea of the two here. Um, I, I thought the ten was the long shot. Wesley Ward. The, uh, you get Corrales up, yep. second off a layoff. But I don't like playing three year olds that much, especially when they're facing some older horses here. Um, so that was one of the reasons I did not use uh, the ten in this spot, uh, especially at, like at Kentucky Downs. It's just tough to, to be a three year old facing. It's tough anywhere, but specifically Kentucky Downs. I think it's one of those tracks. That I just I'm not that interested in playing three year olds in these three year olds and up races. Um, I thought, yeah, I, did, I thought this race was just not that good. I mean, so so if you want to take a swing at a price, I get it at someone like the two who you can point to a race and say, all right, now we need to learn how to do this a little bit better. The trainer and jockey that are clicking pretty good. So I, I don't hate your two play. Uh, Nick Feldman, big fan. Actually, the 10, the ward horse you talked about is his top pick in this race. So neither of us do. But this is Kentucky Downs. I mean, you know, shoot handicappers can all have different opinions because there's, you know, 18 different horses in a single race. But it's a lot of fun. Let's move on. The penultimate leg, Mike, of the late pick four Thursday at Kentucky Downs on September 1st. This is the mile and 70-yard tap at stakes for 12 males, three and up. Feature race. I know where you went on top because the preview for this is available now at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes. But assume I don't know who you're picking on top, Mike. Where are you going? Well, I did spread like crazy in this race. So at least we get to talk about quite a few horses. I'm going to go ahead, and you mentioned uh, this ownership group a little bit earlier. I'm going to go ahead and put the one Ramsey solution on top here. Eight, eight to one, breaking from the gate. 
aggressive spot to put this horse back in. Let me tell you, uh, we have not seen this horse since uh, June of 2021. So over a full year off here. But Ramsey Solution, we talk about this a lot, was named after the Ramseys when they were not keeping a lot of horses. They decided to keep this homebred. And so far, that's paid off pretty well. $471,000 in his career. You know where the mass majority of that money came from? Winning this race in 2020. But he collected $176,000 check for winning this $300,000 version of the restricted tap it. It's $400,000 now. We know that uh, Ramsey Solution likes this track. Ramsey Solutions also fired well off the layoff multiple times. So we've seen we've got a win back on May 25th, 2020, as well as a win uh, on June 18th, 2022, off over a year layoff. So I'm not worried about the layoff here with Ramsey Solution because she has he has fired well for both the Wesley Ward Barn and the Safi Joseph Barn off the layoff. Love the eight to one price. We know he likes the track. Hopefully everything's good to go here and Ramsey Solution can uh, be forwardly placed and be able to get home in the lane. I went three deep. This is my second choice. You nailed all the great points. Who's your second horse in the spot? I went with a 12 horse in love. I mentioned at the top of the, the show here, this is a restricted stakes. That's why it's not graded at this point. Uh, it's restricted to anyone who has not won a, a, state, a sweepstakes in 2022. In love fits that perfectly here because this is a horse that has been facing significantly better. Four graded stakes since the restricted stakes uh, in 2021. So four grade ones, the last four races, including a win in the Keeneland Turf Mile. That was pretty good. Um, it was in the Manhattan last time, the Maker's Mark Mile the time before that. This is just a massive drop in class here. Now, I don't love that this is where we show up, but the fact that it's a $400,000 purse makes me not as afraid as if it was like 125 k right? Because they were trying to find big-time spots for this horse, and In Love has, has delivered big-time performances in the past. Because of the purse size, I think is why you see In Love here, and it's a, it's a good job taking advantage of this type of purse. And again, one for one over the track, one 330 k restricted stakes race, uh, the TVG last year here. So I, I'm going to go with In Love as my other must-use. I went against him. I'm going to hope that being stuck way out there at that price with his form. Yeah, he's been facing grade one company, but uh, I didn't like the way that he ran in those. It seemed like he just kind of would fall off the pace both of those starts earlier this year. So uh, I'm going to, just like last year, I'm going to make him prove it to me. But anyway, if you remember last year, the TVG stakes was so popular, they did two of them. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but they split it into divisions. He, had to, he won one of them, but... Um, a talented horse just can't use him here. Uh, I went three deep. I just realized that you and I, uh, you used all three of mine so we could go to the next one. Did you talk about the nine law professor yet? Nope, not yet. You can go for it. So I got two let's, more after. Let's do law professor next. Rob Atris is 23% first time with a experienced horse coming in. But what really stands out to me is his turf efforts. If you take out all the dirt, Mike, his turf efforts, very nice. Each one of them improving, um, gets a decent third going a mile and an eighth. You know, he's a son of Constitution, not the ghost zapper mare, so distance is going to be good for him. Uh, decent third there. Cuts back to a mile at Del Mar, gets a win with Jose Ortiz aboard and an optional claimer. They bring him back in the grade one Kilroe mile on turf, a race that was 22-2, and 45-2, way too freaking fast. It was like lightning fast uh, turf course that day. He didn't really have much of a chance. He's not a horse that likes to be very close. Didn't get a great ride from Abel Cedillo. I still think that this horse stretching out, going longer on turf, a slower race pattern, which was, seems like it's going to be here, should suit him well. So I'm going to use the – that's why I like the nine. What about you? Yeah, I, I think you'd hit the nail on the head. Look, this is a, a very well-spotted horse in my mind. Where Again, it's, it's that lack of winning his sweepstakes means that law professors eligible for this. The three turf efforts, phenomenal. That Kilroy mile, like you said, this horse was too close to that pace and just quite couldn't quite come home. But 
it's not like he quit off it either. Only was beaten four and three quarters that day. Um, Atris, you mentioned 23% first off the claim. I like the fact that you get Leparu up. And this horse, like, really should love the turf. Constitution on a ghost yeah. is pretty darn good breeding. So I, I would expect that you're going to hopefully see that just – the same effort as the Kilroy Mile makes makes Law Professor dangerous here, 10 to 1. Uh, next one for me, the five atone. This was actually my top pick. Mike Maker is the winningest trainer in Kentucky Downs history. Uh, this horse rallied from way too far back last time out to miss by just a head. Uh, he missed by a nose to floor form, but I watched that replay a few times, partly because I had to edit the, uh, the preview. But um, I thought that he was the better horse in that race. And now Tyler Gaffleone is going to be hopping back aboard. Uh, this horse was fourth beaten a length in the Maker's Mark mile at Keeneland. Um, he's had so many strong efforts, whereas I can point it in loves and go, he was facing grade one company, but it, it wasn't really, I wasn't seeing it visually from him the way I was seeing it from a tone. Um, I did not use Floriform. I felt like I had to pick between the two of them. I thought a tone was not only the better horse in that race, but better suited for this spot. Did you kind of do the same thing I did split them? I used them both. Um, I, okay. I think a tone fits the conditions perfectly. And I think Floriform is an improving four-year-old. So I, I think that Floriform has the ability to get better every single race right now. And you've seen mm -hmm. that the last three races, just from a buyer perspective, you know, debuts with a 90, comes back with a 91, runs 93, runs a 95. Not loving to win is a little bit of a concern here as we've hit the board three straight times, but um, we have improved every race as well. So I, I like this spot for Floriform. I think it makes sense. And I think that you're going to see a tone get bet down from four to one. I think Floriform mm. might float up to six or seven to one. I like that price on Floriform, which I think I'm going to get on race day because, look, a tone and in love are taking money here, right? We can agree on that. They're going to be your two favorites. I think they're going to get bet pretty good in this spot. In love specifically, I think will be bet pretty good in this spot. But that last race from Atone looks great on paper, especially when you meld it with the rest of his races, specifically the Forbidden Apple two-back where he runs second to City Man. I, like, I just, I don't see how Atone doesn't get bet down. I think Floriform floats up. And I think you're kicking yourself if Floriform is able to beat him at the wire and you're not, he's off the ticket at a bigger price. I'll add him on. If you think that the odds are going to shift a little bit, I was thinking they would shift the other direction. So if you think it'll help him that way, I'll add him on. I mean, either way, I'm not using in love. Um, so using the second and third choices here. Uh, not it. So yeah, so I'm going to go one, five, six, nine. Do you have one more left we didn't talk about? I do. No, I'm going one, five, six, nine, twelve. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, this was, uh, you know, the, I thought the most confident, maybe because they're stakes horses. Maybe that's why I was able to look at this. Go, I actually kind of understand What's going on? I love this. Car Ramrod says, uh, lots of swears when I saw in love here. I have to bet and get burned again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I play press tickets, I'll leave in love off. I will probably single the one if I try and play a $5 press ticket here. Um, and if I'm playing pick threes, I probably single the one or maybe go one five. Um, just because I want to beat in love if I'm going anything shorter than in a pick four. Like if, if this wasn't a spread leg for me, I wouldn't be using the 12 either. Speaking of spreading and going short, I went too deep in the final leg here. Uh, the late pick four, the last leg, race 10, is a mile maiden special weight for a dozen males, three and up. Where'd you go on top to close it out? I think we're going to talk about the three first. I bet we both have that as a top pick. Um, yep. Growth Capital comes in for... for Chad Brown, and this is, would be, again, if I'm pressing, I'm singling Growth Capital here, um, comes in for Chad Brown. And if you go back and you watch that last race, it says steadied 7 8 bumped 9 and 9 16 it was a bad steady and, and the horse wanted it was to show, it was it was like almost went down type of steady and the horse veers out four or five wide around the first turn like the, the, the trip notes do not do this horse justice and he 
probably still could have run a little bit better than it did, but there's a reason the horse kind of bowed out later. You should get a significantly better trip here in this spot. Should be able to make or be very close to the lead. Um, and I, I think it's very interesting that they decided to bring him back here for a big purse instead of running back at Saratoga. So I think growth capitals, all systems go here. I think the three is going to be tough. I was just watching the replay back again. That was, boy, even into the first turn, that's just such a growth capital. Just did not have a good day. Yeah. Not a good day for growth capital. Uh, and until that point, I mean, yes, it was a money burner. A horse has been favored and sub, you know, odds on the last two races. Geez, uh, three to five and, and one to two. Uh, so burning a lot of money, but it is Irad riding. It's a Klarovich horse. They haven't gelded it. So they think this horse has got a lot of potential still. Chad, by the way, uh, three win- three wins and five runners in the money from eight starters at Kentucky Downs in total. That includes debuting, or I'm sorry, not debuting, but uh, multiple great mistakes when our fluffy socks broke her maiden here in 2020. So Chad Brown, Kentucky Downs, not something you normally think about, but he does like to use it for good horses. So uh, we're going to agree with the three growth capital for sure. Yeah, and it's again, it's, it's going back. At least he lost to good horses, like Fort Ticonderoga, a very good horse. So at, least, so at least he was burning money against good horses and not burning money against bad horses, right? Because that to me is when you're losing to 20 to one shots that never win again, that's a problem. When you're getting beat by horses that are actually good, that, that I'm willing to forgive a little bit more. Um, the 11 and the 12, Blue Devil and Levity were two that I just went back and forth on. And, and you know, Chris is mentioning Blue Devil out down here. Getting rid of Corey Lannery. I have multiple people I know that consider Corey Lannery off a good angle. So I'm not shocked that that's the feeling there. I went with levity instead. And I'm only going too deep here. I'm going 312. I like the fact that we're getting second time turf here. And the trip, in my mind, from levity's perspective, was worse than the trip from Blue Devil's perspective. Um, I think levity should be able to improve second time turf, like I mentioned. I like the fact that we get Bayerano to run, ride this horse back. I like the price is a little bit bigger. I think the price is going to be a little bit bigger on race day as well. I'm hoping second time turf is really the key here for Levy to take a step forward. So I ended up just going 312, playing who is going to be the favorite, the three growth capital, and taking a little bit of a shot with the 12. I didn't use either one of them because I thought I didn't like either one of them that much. Uh, to I didn't like one of them to want to use and have to bring in the other. I think of the two that I like, I like the 12 Levity a little bit better. Um, I thought, you know, that race at Alice where they were, uh, you know, second and third or uh, sorry, second and fourth. I thought Blue Devil really should have won that race. And so for him to not get the job done there, I don't know. I, I, I thought that that was his to win and, and he gave it up. Whereas with Levity, you've got Bayron and Vicky Oliver. They're usually I know they're only 12 percent, but they sneak up and win races like this quite often. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that horse, especially eight to one versus five to one. I think I'm going to lean uh, with Levity a little bit there. Yeah, and that's that's why I went there. I, 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 the second time doing on turf, I think, is a, a a logical improvement angle, and that's what I'm hoping for. I didn't like that that race from Blue Devil. I thought he again. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought I should get the job done. Um, but I before we jump into your horse, I want to make sure I mention one other horse here. I mentioned how I like older horses against three year olds. Yeah, there are two older horses in this race. The next horse on for me would actually be the eight. The five is a career made, no for fifteen. The eight horse is your only four year old in this field. And coming uh, out of the Mike Maker barn, and I, I like that is the horse that scares me in this field. If I was going to go three deep, or if you don't want to use my twelve and you want to use the eight instead, I, I wouldn't hate that either. Um, coming out of a race where the the winner came back and won, that was over dirt. It's going to be dirt first time turf here for this horse. Um, I, I went back and forth between the eight and twelve for a long time. Yeah, same. I didn't use obviously, but uh, you know, Bodie Meister, not a bad turf route. Sire, I think twelve percent, even though he didn't run on turf. Um, 
I'm not going to use, but I'm with you. This horse scares me because Maker's never had it. it. It's one thing when Maker has a horse. He had one in, I think, the stakes race uh, last like, where he'd had the horse put it in a stakes race on dirt and then comes a Kentucky Downs. I'm like, no, no. If, if I wanted to play that horse, Maker gets him and goes immediately Kentucky Downs or on to turf with him. That's what I would want to see. Here you're getting that with this horse. This horse, uh, one time, uh, Tampa Bay Downs finishes a good second. Bet well, 5-2 to two for the debut. And then Maker gets him and goes straight to Kentucky Downs. So that... Seems like a tip off there uh, of something. We didn't use. Why? Well, I guess why didn't you use? We both like well, him. Price. I didn't want to yeah. go. I, I I think growth capital is is much the best here, and so I'm not going to go three deep in a leg where I think the favorite's the much the best, unless I'm getting what I believe will be a decent price, and I, I think that I'm getting a decent price on the twelve. I don't think I'm going to get that on the eight. I think the eight's going to be second choice in this spot. So if I'm gonna if I'm going to play two horses and I'm playing the favorite, I generally am going to want to play a bigger number with it. Uh, last one for me. I did. I went too deep like you as well. Uh, I went with the four air to greatness here. Um, and then I was looking at the, at the uh, I saw that the DRS Marcus Hirsch had this as his top pick too. Uh, horse, you know, he had his turf debut in his second career start. Al Stahl Jr. Horses almost always don't bet him that first start. Uh, this horse was pretty much ignored and he, you know, runs him into condition a little bit. Puts him on turf at Ellis Park once uh, he's able to get to turf. Bet down to second choice in that race was almost the favorite. You know, the penny breakage in Kentucky now makes it interesting, but was almost the favorite in the race. Holy trip trouble. This horse got put shoveled way back uh, at one point and then still actually came on and, and finished. It looked like the horse was going to be, I don't know, eighth, ninth in this race. It was fading and then finally found some room and came running. Uh, I think the horse is definitely built for the distance. There's some turf pedigree uh, and on the dam side that, You've got Lemon Drop Kid who won the Belmont Stakes. So, you know, the mile should be no problem for this horse as well. I think the early speed that we saw on the turf last time out, I think we're getting Julian Le Peru aboard. I think that's a big angle as well. I think this horse is sneaky and I'm getting a really nice 12 to 1 price on him. Yeah, I don't hate the price. Uh, second turf and, and both of those races, really, it wasn't exactly a wonderful trip. So it's, it's not like you have any race you can point to and say hey he was clear this is this is he got the run the whole time. So I, I don't hate the use of the four here, especially at that 12 to 1 price. He, uh, the, the winner last time out also repeated in an Ellis turf route with an 81 buyer. So that was good to see as well. Uh, and we hit all of yours. There was one I wanted to talk about. Nick Feldman brings up, I'm on a Safi kick. Yeah, you are today, buddy. Uh, he's going with a seven X Thelm, uh, three old horse. We haven't seen since he ran a pretty even sprint and now he stretches out to a mile. What did you think about the seven? Interesting horse. Um, bred to be able to handle the distance, but should like the turf, uh, ran well. At, at that, that first race, you wonder if he was fully cranked, if that was almost a prep for this spot. I mean, I, I don't hate using the seven year. I don't love using Safi outside of California or outside of Florida. And that's one of my my knocks on this type of horse, especially in one of these fields. Would have to take a pretty big step forward. But again, like eight to one, you're gonna get every bit of that race day. I, I don't I don't dislike it. If this horse gets bet down to like three or four to one, then watch out. This horse is gonna run like the words out on this horse. And that often happens happens with some Safis. Yeah, and you could easily see a huge buyer improvement from that 61 on debut into his second start. Uh, the winner of the race that day was went gate to wire, had a multiple length lead early on. So going five furlongs, even on the synthetic at Gulfstream, you're not going to catch that. No, you're not. Oh, man, is Bapio going to get it done in the wizard? Oh, Bapio just, oh. Bapio got it? Oh, yes. Bapio, Bapio got it. 23 to 1. In the oh, Papa Cap's baby brother. Yep. Oh, wow. So what we're finding out is Papa Cap should have been a turf horse all along. 
I guess so. Uh, Battle of Nor- Normandy got a troubled trip second, I would say. Ooh. Carmouche tried to split and didn't get the split as soon as he wanted. Tried to go outside. Pratt's horse, the two, kind of faded outside. So then the one had to split the 10 and the two, and the two was kind of in a, a little bit of a weavy mode. And that was probably the difference. The horse seemed a little shy to get through that hole, and then Bapio was able to hold on and wire the field. Nick says he was alive to the two for 775. That hurts. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's not fun. Man, I had that 10 too. I just wasn't, I'm not alive anymore. That's frustrating. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike uh, Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I for the little impromptu with anticipation recap, as well as Kentucky Downs late pick four. Uh, we're going to put our tickets down below, but if you are watching or the replay, I'll go ahead and read them out one last time. 1 8 10 for me with 2 8 9. With one five six nine with three four, still thirty six dollars for my ticket, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to play a fifty cent ticket here. I'm going one three six eight with six eight with one five six nine twelve with three twelve uh, for fifty cents. That'll cost you forty bucks. And you notice, Mike and I, we did a pick four uh, a because Kentucky Downs is very hard to handicap, and we decided to do that this morning, and we didn't have time to do pick five. But also, it gets very expensive. If you want to train it? You notice our tickets are a little smaller. Uh, it's partly because we have confidence in our picks, but honestly, like Kentucky Downs is, is a crazy meet. One hit will carry you through the entire uh, meet and maybe the next meet as well. So uh, don't go crazy. Don't spend $500 pick fours all over the place. Be a little smarter and, and just take some shots and see what connects there, Mike. Yeah, it's a great it's a great track to take some chances, but it's, it's not a great track to just throw a ton of money. And by the way, Bapio, Bolt Oro. That's true. Doing very, very well from a sire's perspective. That was first time on turf, too. Both the Orioles so far, 20% first time out on turf. Uh, I'm sorry. Now they're they're now three for 11. No, no, that's wrong. They're they're like 18%, 17%, something like that. First they're time really good. Turf. Yeah, so it's been pretty good so far for both the Orioles going out on turf, and they've been 20% overall. So pretty good in general for both the Orioles' first class here. Um, man, those two-year-old races, they can get funny. I, I like Determinedly quite a bit. Determinedly did not run that well, but because Determinedly was in the race and Bapio stayed in was one of the main reasons I ended up using the 10 there. Well, good for you on that one. Uh, so I know some people in the chat didn't have it, so uh, if you had the 10, good. Well, I know, Mike, you were knocked out anyways. Uh, Bree, good to see you in the chat. Bree wants to know, we had to reschedule it from last week because of Travers. <laughs> we didn't get to do the tournament. We're doing it this weekend. We are? I haven't heard from Mariner Jared on oh. this yet. We had postponed it to this weekend, I thought. so. I thought so, too, but I haven't heard from Aaron or Jared on it yet. It is going to be Labor Day weekend. I, if we don't get to it, I, it's going to be because of that. I promise. We, we don't, we're not trying to skip the Friday tournaments. We love them. It's just sometimes at this time of year, we're a little busy. <laughs> Yell at Aaron and Jared on, uh, on Blinkers Off Free. Yes. Uh, tomorrow, which is not today's Wednesday. We're doing this today's on Wednesday. Wednesday. I got to remember yeah. that. You got dudes who <laughs> bet later today. And yep. then your Blinkers Off Dudes Who Bet Daily tomorrow, since we were today. And then, uh, Matt, are we going to do a Monday show? Or do you want to do a Sunday show no. for Monday? Or a Saturday show for Monday? Maybe a Saturday show. Maybe we'll, we'll flip it around a little bit. Monday, obviously, a holiday. You've got Saratoga and Del Mar going on Monday. Yep. Um, so maybe we'll... Maybe, would they do Del Mar and Saratoga in a cross-country pick five on Monday? Because that'd be fun. No, the, the times, the post times are too off. It's like Saratoga's ending when Del Mar starts. If only we could like have people work together and make it. Mm. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> uh, all right, we Let's got week two. We got week go one of college football. I got a couple bets. Yep. Let's go over the rails real quick. That means you're supposed wasn't, to. Play I wasn't ready for it. Hold on. No antics of any kind ah! except speed, and there we go with the antics.
and there we go with the antics. One of my favorite Pete Aiello's ever. It's, a, it's an amazing call, because especially because he just says it right before that there's no antics. And it's like, and, and there we go with the antics. Right. So we got two bets that I want people to bet right now if you want to bet college football this weekend. The first one, Alabama, first half. Have we talked about this ever before on the show, Magic? <laughs> Couple Maybe. times, couple times. So they went on a streak where they were twenty-one and five at one point over a two-year stretch in the first half. It was pretty good as an angle. Books responded with it, and they made the first half numbers close to eighty to eighty-five percent of the total spread. So you'd see a twenty-eight point spread. Twenty-one and a half would be the first half number after that run had clicked off. Apparently, they've forgotten all about this because they're forty-two point favorites. And it's only 27 and a half right now in the first half. It will not be 27 and a half come Saturday. So make sure if you want to bet this, you bet this right now. If you can get it sub four touchdowns, which is less than 66% of the spread, I would highly recommend locking in 27 and a half on Alabama first half right now. It will be higher come Saturday. The other one's already started moving. We talked about this on Dudes Who Bet Daily today. Uh, Ohio State is playing Notre Dame on Sunday night. Ohio State is a 17-point favorite. Ohio State is basically in Alabama this year. If you talk to anyone who is an expert around college football, they are absolutely stacked at all the skill positions. They have C.J. Stroud coming back at quarterback. Their defense should be very good. Uh, by the way, Notre Dame 0-10 the last time they faced a top-10 opponent. Right now, <laughs> Yeah, they are traditionally very terrible against top-10. They're not good when they face athletes. They're just fine when they face teams that aren't that athletic. But when they face athletes, it becomes a problem. This team is very athletic from the Ohio State side. Right now, you can get nine and a half at some books. I think uh, I think it's still up at DraftKings, nine and a half first half. Um, I love the first half. You can get it sub 10. I like it a lot if you get nine and a half. I still like it at 10. A lot of the officers have already gone to 10. So check your books. See if you can get nine and a half first half uh, on, on Ohio State. If you can't, I still like 10. I like 17 as well. If you can get 16 and a half, I love that even more with Ohio State. That line will move too. That will be closer to 20 by kickoff is my guess because it's a late Saturday game. So it's going to be the get even game and everyone's going to hammer the favorite. So if you want Ohio State, you need to play them early so that you don't have to pay the extra half point or full point in either the half or the game. I got to get it at minus 10. It's already moved for me. I can get it minus six and a half at minus 182, but I don't think I want to do that. So. That's a little too juicy. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, that's great, though. Uh, thank you for covering on that one. I was just going to bring up dudes who bet daily. Uh, the CFL schedule is a little wacky this week because of the holiday. So I'll be on, but I don't I got to figure out how I'm going to pick those games. It's a little different for me. Uh, but thank you for everybody for joining us. It's been fun. Kentucky Downs is a lot of fun. Extremely low takeouts. Even a big reason we love them. It's not just the huge fields. The takeouts are low on everything. Pick five, pick four, pick three, everything. They're encouraging you to just bet. At Kentucky Downs, which is, you know, all we want, Mike. We just want someone to say, please come gamble with us. We'll make it easier for you. So uh, give them all the love if you can. Uh, really like to really want to get Kentucky Downs going. You also get the uh, the reduced breakage because of the Kentucky state law and Kentucky That's Downs right. the first time as well. So you should get a better percentage back in that perspective. So you have low takeout plus reduced breakage. Give Kentucky Downs some love. Curtis Manlo, good call. You can play minus 20 as an alternate line as well and get plus money if you want to do that with Ohio State. Uh, so that's not a bad way to attack that game either if you want. That's a smart guy. Uh, Curtis Manlis should go create MySpace. That's what I think should, uh, should happen. <laughs> Reese says, let's catch some money. Let's get out of here, Mike. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Keller. I'll throw it up here. He is at Summapom18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Uh, dudes, who bet, uh, dudes who bet sports, the weekly show with Papa Dude and Aaron Halterman will be live at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern today, Wednesday. August 31st, Blinkers Off on September 1st, Thursday, tomorrow. So happy September to you. Uh, make sure you check out Blinkers Off. 
Check out Dude to Bet Daily every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we as a team have been absolutely crushing it. Uh, what is? Do you know what our overall or what we're at right now, Mike? Uh, we are up $2,800 in uh, a little over eight weeks of the show with just one so, best bet from each person that's on the show, up about $2,800. That's off $100 bets. So if you bet the horse to win for 100 bucks, then that that's, goes to that. Either you lose 100 or you get back whatever the, the profit is. If it's a minus 120, that's minus 120 to win 100. If it's a plus 145, it's 100 to win 145. So $100 units, we're up $2,800 in eight weeks. It's a lot of fun. I had a couple of CFL uh, long shots too. That like upsets, complete upsets. We've been calling, so it's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, Mike's had some great exacto plays uh, for horse racing, and there's some sports stuff too. So please join us. We love to see you there. And over at racingdudes.com and YouTube.com/slash/racingdudes, we got previews for every major stakes race. There's a lot of them this weekend at Saratoga Del Mar and Kentucky Downs. So until next time, I'm Magic and I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.